Uh, we are in chapter 7, verse 24. Okay, and if you see above your heading, if you have your Bible, and I'll show you guys. If you see my Bible, it is um, MIA, so I'm not sure that. But in your Bible, as you can see, each section has a small title. And then each title summarizes what that section is going to talk about. Just in a few few words, okay? So you kind of get an understanding to see what, what that paragraph, what Jesus, or what's going on here. So here, it says the wise and the foolish builders. So it's, going to, it's, summar, it's summarizing exactly what we're going to talk about tonight. Okay, so let's go ahead and go through it. And the thing is, once we finish this section, then we're going to be moving into chapter 8, and then we're going to watch Jesus' Jesus's life kind of unfold. Okay, uh, he's gonna he'll run into people, um, he'll do healings, he'll confront others um, concerning different things. So let's go ahead and start in verse twenty four. It says, "Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against the house." Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built a house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with, great, with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught with one who had authority and not their teachers of the law. Alright, so that's the last little bit. So what, what's going on here? What is Jesus talking about? What is Jesus talking about here? Someone who has like poor foundation. Okay. Someone who has a poor foundation, and he's illustrating that through what? Building a house on sand. Building a house on sand versus building a house on what? Like stone. Stone or rock. Okay. Um, have you ever built a sandcastle? Been to the beach? Okay. What happens when the, the waves come up? It takes it away. Would you build anything on the sand? I mean, I mean, if you really want to build something, it's really not logical to build on sand. Nowadays, of course, you know, you've got buildings built on the beach. They have precautions and they have ways of doing that. But in most cases, you're just not going to start building a slab on the sand. Okay? Um, so... So we have to see here what he's talking about is therefore everyone everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the sand. Now, he's comparing this to someone who's wise. Okay? Because you're saying it's wise to build your house on the sand? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Okay, sorry. Did I say sand? I don't know. I may have said sand. I apologize. It says rock. But I want you to see what he's doing. He's comparing this type of person with this kind of example, okay? So, so let's go back to 24. He's saying, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine. So whose words? Jesus' words, right? Everyone who hears the words of Jesus. Now, we have to look at it like this. Remember, we have to look at it in context and in his, the, the time period. So Jesus is doing what? He's talking to a group of people on a mountain, so 
crowds of people along with his disciples. So he's telling them that anyone who hears my words and puts them into practice. So what does that mean to put his words into practice? To do. Practice means to do. Right? So if you if you practice law, then what are you doing? You're a lawyer. You, you, if you practice law, if you're someone who practices law, then you must be a lawyer because that's something that you do. If you practice medicine, you're a nurse or a doctor or maybe a pediatrician, someone who is in that field. I practice um, design. So because of that, I'm a designer. Okay. So someone who practices is someone who does. So that's what he's saying. He's saying, um, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. So if you do what Jesus says, you practice his words, you're like the man who built a house on a rock. Why? Why a rock? Because it's more stable. Stable. Because Jesus is a foundation. Jesus is a rock. Okay, Jesus' words are true. It is truth. Okay, but then he goes back and he says, anyone who does not put my words into practice um, is like a man who built his house on the sand. Right? So do you see that correlation? Do you see what Jesus is talking about? He's telling you, listen to my words. Hear me. Practice what I am talking about and what I'm telling you. If you do, he's saying, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had a foundation of rock. Okay? So, when things came against it, did it fall? No. Because it was built on a rock. Right? But when things come against you and you don't do what Jesus says, you don't follow his instructions or his <laughs> words, and life comes against you, what happens? You fall apart like sand. You fall apart like the sand. So, does that, is that more clear about what he's talking about? Okay, so, so now we just finished the... Um, we just finished... Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And this is, a, this is where he kind of introduces pretty much, I guess you could say, the standard for us living our life. He started it. This is where he starts it. He says, when he talks about, just in a quick nutshell, we'll just go through some of the summaries. He talks about fulfillment of the law. He talks about murder. He talks about divorce. He talks about oaths. He talks about adultery. He talks about loving your enemies and giving to the needy. And he talks about prayer, uh, treasures in heaven. All these things, fasting and do not worry. All these things, he's setting up for you. The He's setting up a standard of how we need to live our life. Okay? So now he just finished this. He just finished his Sermon on the Mount. And it said that, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed. So now, we have confirmation here that yes, there were crowds around him during this time. People were listening to this man. You know, not only was he talking to his disciples, 
but he is also talking to crowds of people. Okay? Um, and he said, it says that the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Now, there's one thing I want you to see in here. Okay? One of the, some of the things that we'll start reading is I want you to pull some of the attributes of who Jesus is. Okay? Pull out some of these characteristics, the personality. Who is, because that's, that's what we ask ourselves. Who is Jesus? If you follow him, who is he? We can, it's easy to kind of say the classic answer, he's my savior, he died on the cross. But what's his personality? What is he like? What does he not like? Okay? What, what's his character? What's his demeanor? You know? I can, we can sit there and talk about what's, what's your demeanor? What's your character? What's your personality like? You know? Um, here, this is where we find that out. If we take a moment and kind of look at a lot of these things. So here, it's probably one of the, in the beginning, we probably didn't go through it here, but this will be the first time I pull one of these out, these little kind of gems here that talk about, um, that talk about, I hate when that phone rings. You want to answer it? Please. Just say Gopi Christian Fellowship. Just probably talk about you don't have to work out. We don't have a house. A Gothic Christian Fellowship. It's just that. Um, it's just bacon. Okay. Okay. I'll just have to edit that out. Okay, anyways. So, we're going to pull out one of these gems that talks about the personality or maybe this attribute of who Jesus is. And at times you'll get this from the response of other people. So let's read this in verse, I don't have my glasses, verse 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Well, why were the crowds amazed? Because Jesus must have demonstrated something, right? For them to be amazed. So what did he demonstrate? Because he taught as one who had authority. <clears throat> And not as their teachers of the law. So, describe to me someone who has authority. Like a, a, principal. a principal. Okay, and what kind of authority does that principal have? A lot of power. A lot of power. Okay. Um, what else? What about, okay, military. Tell me about authority. What happens when you do something that you're not supposed to do, and authority finds out. Everybody gets in trouble. Everybody gets in trouble. So authority has, there, there's this authority, you respect that authority. You do. You, you come to realize that you respect that authority. At work, you have authority, and the people who are under you, maybe some of the... Um, Children? Girls? Girls, that's what I was asking. My brain. Um, did they recognize that authority? Okay, so, so if you're somebody in a leadership position, and of course we know that Jesus, of course, is putting himself out there where he's saying, I'm, I have this authority. He's not necessarily saying, I am authority, but people are seeing this quality in him. He didn't say, I am the authority figure, but 
how he acted, the things he said, and how he responds to things, you'll see the reaction of other people. So they actually say, he taught as one who had authority. So what does that tell you about Jesus? What does that tell you about him? I mean, it's kind of a easy answer. He just said someone who had authority, someone they recognized and respected. You know, it wasn't just somebody, okay, it wasn't just their teachers of the law who who say one thing and act like another, okay? It wasn't somebody who just made laws, you know, or, or taught the laws and that's it, and they walked away and you saw no lifestyle. You didn't see who they really were. Here, Jesus is almost being, he's showing you. Not only just, he's just not talking to them and then walking away. He's teaching with authority. He's showing them how to live, not only by talking about it, but explaining it. Okay, um, and of course, also we know that Jesus not only does he talk how to live, but he walks it. Okay, you know, not many of us, you know, what, what, what's the that phrase? You know, practice what you preach. Practice what you preach. Um, I heard someone say this one time. It's easy to say we practice what you preach, but Jesus. I heard them say it reverse, but Jesus was different because Jesus preached what he practiced. Does it make sense? You know, so I think that's why they're seeing that as there's a difference between the teachers of the law and then Jesus because he, was, he wasn't preaching and then practicing it. He was living it and then showing how to do it. Does, does that make sense? I mean, he, he, he's living this life, so he's, he's not practicing what he preaches. He's preaching what he already practices. Okay, um, so there we have an attribute of Jesus, someone who is authority, and these people recognize that, and they're amazed. It's not the authority that they're afraid of, but they're in awe of his authority. You know, they respect that authority, um, which, is, which is a great characteristic that all of us need to kind of uh, attain. Uh, so now we start in chapter 8, and... Jesus comes down from the mountainside. Sermon on the Mount is done. Okay. Um, so let's start in chapter 8 and just kind of go from there. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you do not tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer a gift that Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. Now, this is just a little bit more, do you see what's, but do you see what's going on? What's going on? He stepped outside and he stepped out and helped someone that most people would like shun away. He was afraid to like get his hands dirty. Okay. Did it go over your head? It's okay. Talk to me, babe. Didn't you right now? Honestly. That's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, what I want you to understand though is that when we read this. 
start picking some of those things out. So let's kind of take it piece by piece. And one of the things I want to remind you guys is that if you don't understand it, it's okay. Say, whoa, I have no clue what I just read. None whatsoever. And I will definitely stop and help you guys out because a lot of times, you know, you'll read this, you'll read the Bible, but you, you don't understand it. And, and a lot of people won't, raise, won't stop and say, I have no clue what's going on. You know, so I want you to be free to say, I have, that just went completely over my head. Okay, um, because believe me, I've definitely been reading my Bible for several years and I still have moments where I'm like, that just went over my head. I have no clue what I just read. Okay, so let's kind of go back and let's kind of tear this, let's kind of pull this apart and see what happens. So we now, Jesus is done with the Sermon on the Mount. He comes down from the mountain and that's what it says. It says when he came, he comes down from the mountain and remember, this is Jesus. They're amazed with him. And scripture, it, it says right here in the next sentence, it says, large crowds followed him. So, now that that tells us that Jesus has kind of, a reputation has already been created with Jesus. Just by, just from the Sermon on the Mount. You know, he's already starting to gain a certain type of reputation. Now, of course, you guys know you can you can have a good reputation for yourself, or you can have a bad reputation for yourself. And and um, but Jesus is creating this repu reputation with himself. Now, um, on the flip side of that coin, there are going to be people that he's going to run into that completely disagree with what everything with everything that he's saying. But there are going to be a great many people who um, follow him, and crowds flock to him to hear him, um, to be healed by him, okay? Um, so it says, a large crowd followed him. So think of this man and these crowds following him, okay? Then, a man with leprosy comes up to Jesus. It says, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing... You can make me clean. Okay? Um, so he understands what Jesus can do. So it could, because he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And what did Jesus do? He reaches out his hand and touched the man. Now, this is a little... Most people... This is where most people are probably going to kind of get real nervous about what he did because the man had leprosy. You guys know what leprosy is? Leprosy at the time, um, and it's still, I'm not sure how prominent it is today, but during this time, leprosy was a very serious disease. It was a kind of a skin disease. Your, your flesh would just basically rot off. Okay? So, and it was contagious. You know, a lot of times during this period... People who had these kind of diseases, they were kind of shunned from society, you know. Um, so, people stayed away from them. They considered them unclean. So, here's Jesus already. What is he doing? He's breaking the rules. And he's saying, he reaches out to the man with leprosy. And let's see what it says. It says, Jesus reached out his hand 
And not only did he reach out his hand, but he touched the man with leprosy. Okay? And he said, I am willing. Now that's an important statement. That's one of those hidden gems or qualities that we're finding out about who Jesus is. Because most people, if I had leprosy, if you could literally see my skin rotting off, and I said, I need you to pray for me. Will you lay hands on me and pray for me? What would you do? Being if honest, you were being honest. Being honest, I would pray for you, but, but you I, would, I wouldn't touch you. Though. From a distance, yeah. 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 But do you see how Jesus starts to break these rules? Because this is most likely a typical mindset. The typical mindset would be, you have leprosy, I'm not touching you, you're considered unclean, stay away from me. Okay. Now, remember there's a lot of people around here. Crowds and crowds of people, he runs into this dude, he says, I know you can heal me, would you be willing to? I know you can do this, Jesus. I know that you um, are willing and you can make me clean. So, Jesus reaches out and he touches the man who is unclean with leprosy. And he says, I am willing. So that should tell you the kind of person Jesus is already. Compassionate. Caring. You know? Um, not worried about maybe a disease. Because he understands the power that he is given, and he, he knows who he is, you know. But even then, he says, "Be clean." And what's awesome about it is, it says that immediately he was cured of his leprosy. So, just like that, his leprosy was gone. Nothing. The man is completely clean. But then he, tells, then he tells this man, he says, Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone. Now you would think, wait a minute. That's what everyone wants to do. You want to tell Jesus, tell everybody about Jesus. But Jesus actually says here, and we have to look at, you know, um, the time when he, this happens. He says, See that you don't tell anyone. But, he says this, he says, Show yourself to the priests. And offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Okay. Um, so, I wrote some notes here. These are some of my older notes. <coughs> and let me see if I can read them and decipher them. So, basically, he says, I don't want you to tell anybody what happened. But what I want you to do is I want you to go to the priests. And I want you to offer a gift to Moses. The gift that Moses commanded. Because see, they know that. They know the law during that time. Okay? Um, and it should be as a testimony to them. So basically, they would only believe this if it were done through, um, through their law. Does that make sense? That's getting a little difficult to understand, isn't it? Okay, let's see. Let's. I get a chance to write, draw on the board. Okay, so we'll say that. Let me think about this. This is law. This is. We'll just call it. Um, 
old law. And under this old law, you had to do certain things. Okay? We'll just say um, required. You had to give your gift. Mm. Um, we had offer our gift a specific way. If I didn't offer my gift a certain way, then it wouldn't be accepted. Because why? I have to follow the law. Okay. Now, Jesus just healed a man. Okay? And he already knows that, how can you say, um, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, all follow this law. That means they all do things a specific way. So when Jesus does something, they're not in agreement with it because they're saying, <coughs> you didn't do it the right way. You didn't do it according to these guidelines. So Jesus says, I want you, the healed man, why do I always get the one that's not working? Healed man. No. To go offer yourself according to their guidelines. Jesus. So he's basically saying, I can still get results even if it's done a different way. Yes, that's what he's saying. Because see, he wants, he's also at the same time trying to get through this mindset of these old, of these um, traditional, I guess you could say, and that's probably not the best word to use, but these Pharisees and Sadducees and these teachers of the law. Um, in a nutshell, these are kind of like your religious leaders, government type officials. So he's trying to get through this mindset, but see, they only go this way. They only follow these certain guidelines. So he did exactly what you do. He got, he, he, he's interrupting them, and he's saying, look, I can get this done. I heal, we heal, this is a man who's healed, and he's going to offer a gift to Moses. Because it said, what did he say? He says, but show yourself to the priests. Go to the priests and offer the gift Moses commanded. And go through the regular guidelines. Go through the required procedure. And use that as a testimony to them. Okay? So do you see what he's saying? He got his results. Does that make sense? Okay. Not a really big, not the best kind of illustration, but... Um, it does get a little confusing. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. It does get a little confusing because of... It does get a little confusing just because, you know, when we talk about, if, you, if you're talking about, you know, this, the, when he confronts the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law... And what they're structured under, what their requirements are, their guidelines, you know. Um, which Jesus isn't here to abolish the law, he's here to fulfill it. And that's exactly what he says, you know. But it's kind of like they're so stuck on this thing. Go ahead. Okay, so pretty much Jesus stepped out of what the law said, healed a guy, and then said go back to the law and do what this says. Right. Pretty much okay. In in a sense, because we have to understand 
that that what happened here was um let's see I know we keep on reading this over and over again but I think the more we read it the more we'll understand it let's see what did I write? I have these notes that I um So let's see. Da, 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 da. Does that kind of make sense? Do I need to? Do we need to? Still questions? Or are we good? Okay. Awesome. Okay. So, so this is one of. I haven't really been counting, but this is kind of where we start with Jesus really starting to. Um, we're seeing him interact with people. We're actually seeing ministry at this point in time. Not saying that the Sermon on the Mount wasn't ministry. But here he's actually interacting with people. He's running into people who need to be healed. He's running into people who are calling on his name and say, I'm blind and can you heal me? He's running into people, you know, um, with all types of situations going on. He's confronting, he's confronting things like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, these people, you know. And, and let me say this, not all of them were bad. But you did have someone, just like today, and not every politician is a bad politician. But we kind of have this understanding that there are some out there that are corrupt. So these are the ones that he's confronting. He's confronting these leaders, these religious leaders, who are kind of warping the law that was written. Okay, he's war the, They may be interpreting the, the law in the wrong way. Okay, all these different things. So he's confronting them about these many, many things. Um, so we're going to go ahead and stop there, but we're going to finish with the faith. Of, we'll we'll continue next Wednesday with the faith of the centurion. Okay. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. I think that's. Then we'll have the cost of following Jesus. Uh, Jesus calms the storm. The healing of a, de a demon-possessed man, and I think that will be the it. That will be it in chapter eight. Um, if I'm going too slow, I want you guys to know, let me know. If I'm going too fast, I want you to tell me also. Um, I mean, I don't want to go so slow that it's like, okay, we, you've talked, you've repeated yourself ten times here. Um, but I just want to make sure. My main concern is I want to make sure that you guys completely understand what we're talking about because I want you to be able to understand the Bible okay um, I told you guys this last time but when you think about it sometimes this you can read this and it seems complicated there's a lot here to read but it's actually fairly simple you know, these words are very simple, but once you understand the simplicity of these words, then all of a sudden the mystery is revealed, okay? Uh, and that's the most important thing, is I'm, I want you to learn and I want to teach you guys how to kind of, how to take apart and to understand bit by bit what the Word is saying, because it will help you grow. It will help you to understand what the Bible is talking about, and I want you to know who Jesus is. I want, I mean, you might, we might all say, I follow Jesus. Well, that's f fantastic. I want you to follow Jesus. I want you to live your life for Christ. But I also want you to know who he is. 
I want you to know his mannerisms, his characteristics. What kind of person was he? Did he ever get mad? Was, did he ever cry? I mean, because he was a man who walked in flesh, just like you and I, you know? So if you were in a relationship with somebody, don't you want to know what they're like? You know, isn't that something that's important to you? Yes. Um, so we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Did Jesus cry? If he did, when did he? You know, did he get upset? Did he ever get mad? If he did, when? Did he display compassion, mercy, forgiveness, love? You know, all these same, all these same things that we go through, our own personality. Do you ever get agitated, irritated? We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. Does he? We'll find out, and we'll see how he handled it. You know, this is the person that you follow. This is the person you follow. This is the person, you know, not only did he do all that, but he also, he healed. He defied human opinion. He came against it. He could care less about what somebody else thought of him. He didn't care about somebody else's opinion. Well, we kind of saw that right here. I mean, it's not that he was completely defying the law, but... He knew not only could he heal the man, but he could also use that same situation as a testimony to those religious leaders. You know, so, you know, he was a smart man. You know, he wasn't dumb. Was his first miracle? No, that actually is not his first miracle. Um, his first miracle is actually, and it's not in... I don't believe it is in Matthew. It might be in one of the other books. Um, but if I'm right, his first miracle was when he turned water into wine. That was his actual first miracle. Um, I don't know it chronologically, but I believe that is the first miracle. Now, the first miracle, miracle that you could think of as human contact, you know, healing or something like that, um... You know, I don't know. But as far as Matthew within this book, I believe this one, we really didn't have any other opportunities because really he didn't start ministry until he was <laughs> baptized and come off the mountain, right? So I believe within Matthew, just this specific chapter, this, will, this is where we'll see that first um, healing. And he came with somebody who had leprosy. Probably one of the worst, you know, one of the nastiest diseases at that time. You know, um, so anyways, let me go ahead and stop.